What's up, what's up? I'm really not that worried about spoilers for this movie. I can imagine most of us have probably seen it. So even if you haven't seen it, come on. Let's review Get Smart. Missed it by that spoiler. Nah, that's okay. Nah. Directed by the director of Tommy Boy, 51st Dates, The Longest Yard, Anger Management, Naked Gun, 33 and a Half, The Nutty Professor, Grudge Match, and a few others that are lesser known. Based off the series from the 1960s, created by Mel Brooks, uh, so two comedy powerhouses in their own individual generations. As far as the visual gags in this movie go, what they pull off with the stunt work, with the special effects, it's so impressive. Not only do they do stunts, but also to turn those stunts into jokes. That's amazing. Doing comedy with a high production value is, is usually a really big feat. The whole skydiving sequence was done for real, and they have they had skydiving photographers be involved in the creating and planning of that scene. Huge technological setups for small little jokes sometimes, which shows that they have a very passionate feeling about the material, the source material, and they wanted to honor the original show. So we open on Maxwell smart to an attempted motivated morning, but not a lot is going right for him. This is interspliced with shots establishing the organization called Chaos, who are clearly the bad guys. This is while Max is making his way to the job, which is an organization called Control. Organization, yeah. A lot of great callbacks to the old show, the original show from the 60s. With the shoe phone, Max's famous missed it by that much catchphrase. The two organizations, Control and Chaos. Jaime, the robot inside of Control, is also a great callback at the very end. Mr. Big is the name of the villain, who they actually, the first villain that they used in the show. So that's all really cool. I, I love that they did that. Maxwell tries, you know, walking through each protected security gate and goes up the elevator. There's poor treatment of him already, like at the front desk clerk. You can get the sense that she's treating the, the people poorly who aren't agents yet, but want to be agents. Then the guys who are agents are also treating those same guys poorly. Then the dudes who are being picked on create their own clique, kind of out of survival. They establish that right off the bat. Dwayne Johnson entering and like, you know, looking at the security desk clerk and she's like, you know, what? Uh, uh. And he like runs into the wall. That always made me laugh. It's kind of an odd place joke because then he catches the fly right after that. So it doesn't really make sense. But maybe they're just establishing that he's nervous with really attractive women. And then he's like, you know, he can catch a fly in front of his friends. <laughs> I remember laughing at that, rewinding it over and over when I was young watching that. Maxwell excels at his job, which, and he goes way beyond the call of duty, which is why his boss needs him right where he is. He doesn't want to hear that. His desire is to be an agent, understandably. We get that sense immediately with him. You can tell that in some of these scenes with all the cast members, the jokes are are written and rehearsed even, but they're still funny. They're still humorous. It just doesn't have that totally natural, improvised feel, you know. Chaos is officially introduced, naming our villains. Uh, they foreshadowed their plan by causing an entire warehouse to explode, probably meaning it was a test. It's a pretty quick scene cutting back to a training session inside Control with some of the agents, showing us the combat intelligence of each player in the game. Maxwell has also lost half of his body weight recently and, and, and is ready for action. He runs into, but actually he doesn't, Agent 99 runs into him and knocks him down. They share a strange chemistry of being like brutally honest to each other, and then they meet again in the next scene where she reveals she's an agent already in on the mission that Max is a part of, and she outranks him and can easily overpower him. 
The chief gives them their official mission, and Max is assigned to be an agent, much to his surprise. And the, the cone of silence bit is a hilarious bit. I applaud the person that came up with that joke. Agent 99 is assigned to be his immediate partner on the mission, and she reveals that she's actually been through this extreme body makeover. She looks like a whole other person, and he shows, like, they show each other pictures. He shows her how fat he was. During that conversation, they don't get too far into it because they clock one of the bad guys who was actually, he was actually a wrestler. And I don't know the PC term for gigantism, but he has gigantism, which makes him over seven feet tall. This dude is a wrestler, like I said, and he actually killed somebody in the ring one time. Totally by accident, they just got too rough and he ended up killing him. I, that's probably not something he wants to have, have widely known, but anyways. This throws things into action though. Max trying to get the knife to work that his friends gave him back at control. It's so funny because it's like a it's like an army knife or Swiss army knife on steroids where it has whatever explosives or harpoons and the harpoons are like shooting into his face and stuff because he doesn't know how to use it. This is the first time that he comes close to compromising the mission at hand and he kind of proves his boss right immediately. The funniest part of the movie has to be Dwayne Johnson back at control, stapling the piece of paper to, to another agent, David Koechner's forehead. And then he walks past and Terry Crews is, is like, you know, like. <laughs> he's having trouble being back at the headquarters, but we also find out later that he's a double agent. So that's also partially why. Max and Agent 99 infiltrate a party to rub elbows with some of the rich bad guys involved in this giant scheme in the movie. Max chooses to create a distraction by dancing with an extra large woman, and their dance is actually awesome. They hold their own as Agent 99 decides to compete with their dancing by dancing with one of the, uh, the uh, high-ranking bad guys. They get away and they sneak through this entire laser room, which she does like all elegantly and like, like a spy. And then he tries to do it, but because a rat enters his suit, he's like hitting all the lasers. Comes out with all these cuts on his, on his suit. They pretty much set off every alarm, but end up escaping with the information that they came for and eliminating the high-ranking dude. The highest-ranking guy finds out about this and he's like, everybody can be replaced. Next bad guy, come in, please. As the mission goes on, Max starts falling for Agent 99, and she actually does too. They made a good team, taking all the bad guys down at the party together, and the dance skills were on point and in sync, like the band. Now it's time to infiltrate a working warehouse, but they split up and have each have plans to execute. Things go awry really quickly, though, when Max gets taken hostage because the bad guys were in on the joke. He's like, we have this place surrounded. The chaos bad guys are like, no, you don't. He's like, what do you believe? Chuck Norris with a BB gun. <laughs> That's my favorite line. And there's a lot of bloopers where he just said something new each time. Max escapes. It's a back and forth as they try to ex plant these explosives and, and fight off the thugs. The giant dude comes back into play and he's way too much of a challenge for the, for the two of them. So during their fight scene, Agent Max uses his office skills and all of the preparation that he did that nobody else paid attention to to connect with the giant to get him on their side. Even to the point where this guy turns on his boss, his chaos boss, towards the end. Kind of like Darth Vader did to Emperor Palpatine. There comes a big misunderstanding in which Max thinks that Agent 99 is a double agent, but he doesn't realize that everybody around him suspects him of being a double agent when he's been the most wholesome character throughout the movie so far, and The Rock's character, Agent 23, has been feeding everyone, turning them against Max. 
chaos calls into a meeting that the vice president is having with a giant round table of generals and other powerful people, and none of them take the threat seriously. In fact, they, they laugh it off and they start fighting among themselves, like physically fighting, which is a funny little nod to uh, politics today. Meanwhile, the agents who have been working with Max put him in a prison cell with a radio, maybe that's standard, and over the radio a DJ gives him a secret signal that heightens the stakes for him. He is determined to stop the explosion that only he thinks is going to happen, and everybody else is chasing their tails. Finally, he's able to reveal to them that The Rock's character is actually a double agent, which leads us into the climax of the movie. The knife that Agent 23 bragged about earlier starts to seep blood because his blood pressure starts to rise when Max starts to reveal that maybe he's the double agent, Agent 23. This is how they all find him out. Since Max escaped from his holding cell and went back to the same people that put him there, the chief is like, either you're an idiot or you're not a double agent, and I don't think you're an idiot. So the race is on to stop the concert bomb, said to explode on the final note of the orchestral song. Agent 23 takes Agent 99 hostage, but Max and the Chief chase them down in this really big sequence just before they stop the bomb in the nick of time. During this, the filmmakers also do the very cliche move of having Max look like he died, sacrificing himself for his team. They think he's dead, and then he just, like, he's in the corner. They make it to the concert, and I love that Max just straight football tackles the conductor, who's like 85 years old, just to have just to have the final note of the song not be not happen, not trigger the explosive device. I mean, Max has saved the day. He and Agent 99 are in love now, and there's a hopeful future for them inside of Control. That's pretty much where the movie ends. I guess James Caan played the president in this movie because he was actually friends with Don Adams and golf buddies with him, uh, the original Max Maxwell Smart. He wanted to be in this movie to honor his friend, and they actually, they do that a few times in this movie, honor the original Max. Actually, when the production was in production, 10 years prior, Jim Carrey was set to star in this role, but it wasn't made for 10 years, so I'm sure a lot changed. Even Will Ferrell was set to star in this at one point. But both of them are too tall and share no resemblance to Don Adams whatsoever. Steve Carell was perfect casting for this role. His casting his casting was genius, in my opinion. And I will ha always have such a soft spot for this movie, just because, I mean, I watched it so many times, countless times growing up with friends, rewinding all the time and laughing. So I, I figured that this would be more in the commonplace for people to have seen before, as opposed to the very independent movies, lesser known films that I have reviewed. I'll do high production value stuff like this every now and again, but I'm just not, I don't find myself about to do like Pirates of the Caribbean. That's just not gonna happen. Maybe, maybe down the line. But if there are any movies that you would like to see me review, uh, let's talk about it. I do kind of need it to be in the zeitgeist and on the radar of the majority of people. If it's not, it's not the biggest deal. There's still people that are going to be watching, so if you're one of those people, thank you so much for watching these. Peace, everybody. See you next week.